the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to California Business Connections, brought to you by the California African American Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities throughout the state of California. Your host, Carl Davis Jr., talks to the rock stars of this great state and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed entrepreneurs, along with business and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. and Welcome to California Business Connections. That's our new name, California Business Connections. Previously, we were the Silicon Valley Business Connections, but now we're on KDYA, that's 1090 AM, and KDOW, that's a 1220 AM covering San Francisco, Sacramento, Northern California. Soon we're going to be in Los Angeles and San Diego, and then the world. (laughs) I am your host, but I'm also the current state president of the California African American Chamber of Commerce, where we help all local Black chambers in the state of California help small businesses. Help us help you to help them, the small businesses. We really like to just bring all this information to you. Every week, they say I interview the rock stars of Silicon Valley in California. Well, I got a rock star on today, and I just love her so much. I want to introduce you to a young lady. Her name is Miss Linda Wright. She's the founder of the Merino Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, but she's the president and CEO of Wright's Community and Business Development Corporation, Linda Wright, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Linda. I'm excited about talking to you and hearing all the things that you've done because I know for our listeners, you're going to be a big encouragement to them, Linda. I hope so. (laughs) Well, let's start off, Linda, by saying, who is Linda Wright? Linda, give us a, a background of who you are. Well, I thought I knew who I was about... 40 past years ago, but I I got a new birth recently, but let's go digress and go back to the 40 plus years. Um, I knew from when I say, I'm going to go back a little further, 50 50 plus years. Mm. I knew from my parents encouraging and and having us always question my father, sit around the table every month and asking us, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had a list out of this world. (laughs) <laughs> and my sister and brothers, and I'm the youngest of the siblings, and they all told him what they wanted to be, and they were and I'm still talking, and he'll still go around them because I'm still talking. And but the blessed part about it, whatever we decided we wanted to be, our parents were supportive, and they mm-hmm. encouraged us and enabled us. And so my father uh, died when I was 12, but he made sure he made provisions 
taught us that no matter what we wanted to be through my mother and anyone that he appointed, uh, we will try to accomplish those things after his death. So mm. with that said, I knew I was a born leader from them telling me. So from that community, I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, mm. and I've been up here 48 years in California, Southern California. Mm. And I have been doing from Little Rock, Arkansas to here, community uh, projects and activities. So I thought totally I was a community activist once I became mm -hmm. involved with community activities. But from my father's perspective, out of the shoot, I was born in business, but I knew I was a businesswoman at the same time. Mm, man, what you know, I, I love that story. I know all of our listeners don't have supportive parents and those that can help them, but you know, other people can have supportive folks, whether they're teachers or uncles, aunts, grandmas, whatever. You know, I, I want to ask a very basic question because now that our show is on northern california and going down to southern california merino valley people may hear merino valley tell our listeners where is merino valley they used to say what in the hell is sunny me <laughs> before it was merino valley and i probably say because i said at, uh, earlier i was community involved and i was that's my stumping ground and i actually was paid a key card and helping uh, get the corporation to become Moreno Valley back in 1983-84. But it was called Sunny Mead, and it is in Riverside County off the 215 freeway slash 60 freeway, headed, really 60 freeway, uh, headed to Palm Springs, right before you take the exit to go to Palm Springs, leading, leaving out of Banning. And so, uh, this is where Marina Valley is. It's about 11 miles from Marino, uh, from Riverside and in Riverside County, about 15 to 20 miles from San Bernardino. You know, uh, most people, when they hear stuff like that, like today, I, had, I actually had to talk to um, the young lady who is the president and CEO of Anchorage, Alaska, and there's a you know, a black chamber in Anchorage. When people hear Merino Valley, they're probably thinking, what, how many black businesses could there be in Merino Valley? And regardless of how many there are, you're there to help whoever you can. And I know you help all small businesses, but tell us, uh, Linda, what's, what spurred you or what got you going to start the Merino Valley Black Chamber of Commerce? First of all, there was inquiry because I had already started the nonprofit organization called Black Civic Association, which is a, a, a 501c3 organization where we started in 1986, November the 1st, to go towards having the first ever Black History celebration in Marino Valley in 1987. But we started in 86, but went on and got everything started and had a first ever Black History celebration in February 2000, I'm sorry, 1987. And that particular event spirit off us do, doing things for students. And every time we had the Black History from that year forward, we were giving scholarships from our proceeds from that event. And from that event, everybody saw things was happening and never had Black History or culture. So I proceeded to do diversity teaching 
and in the, in the uh, elementary and high schools, as well as did displays in the Reno Valley Library. But prior to that, again, it was Sunny Mead, and then we helped incorporate it to Marina Valley. And then everything started happening. Then they started asking me, well, can you start a, a Reno Valley Black Chamber? Mm. And I said, well, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've never done it. They have one in the only chamber we have was with, uh, he's a minister now. His last name is Weber. Um, and he's a minister now. He had uh, the chamber in Inland Empire, which he did it in San Bernardino. And he mm -hmm. had a little small chapter in the church in Riverside. And his name is Harold Weber. I had to remember his first name. And he carried that out for years, but no one was interested in bringing anything to Marino Valley slash study me. Mm -hmm. And I inquired and then he left. There was another lady who took over. I tried to get her to do it. She actually lived in Marino Valley, but she mm -hmm. wasn't interested in bringing anything in Marino Valley. She had a focus on leaving and going towards a Southern state and becoming a minister. So mm -hmm. she said it wouldn't be fair for her to do it. So I started doing my research since I was throwing the ball to everybody. Then everybody went to the Million Man March and everybody was all, the <laughs> men were all fired up. So why they fired up? And the funny part about this story, Reno Valley slash Sunny Meadow, Sunny Meadow slash Marino Valley don't have a black neighborhood. So mm -hmm. they wanted to come back and do something for the black neighborhood, and there was not not a such thing. <laughs> and so that kind of stagnated them for like a year or two afterwards. So here I come through asking to start a chamber. They're like, well, that's what we can do. So, but nobody wanted to take the ball or the charge. So I went to the first ever city, black city council person, told him the concept, everybody wanted it. I did research and he was interested, long story short, um, he was saying, okay, see how many people want it. I said, well, what am I call it? He said, mm -hmm. Marina Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, if you get it on the ground. So anyways, everybody was having me do it. And so I started doing research and then I started going a little further. And then I did an introduction. And then next thing you know, Linda was in a car wreck. And then wow. I was in a serious um, car wreck. I had some downtime. And so when the downtime came, uh, I had to go into rehab. And so once, once I went into rehab, then I had a, another, like I had the introduction meeting and then I had uh, like a, well, okay, we did the introduction, they wanted. Now let me tell them where we are. So I just had another meeting to tell them how far along I was. At that time, I already had Edison as one of my sponsors and the gas mm -hmm. company, et cetera. Mm -hmm. A guy from Edison heard about it. He wanted to come to my meeting and he'd sit there in the audience and he listened to, to the, the, you know, me introducing it again mm -hmm. and where I was. Mm -hmm. And then he sent me a note and say, if I ever want to do it, call him. He'll send me to training, et cetera, mm -hmm. and do all the things. And so, um, I had to wait till rehab was over. They sent me home early. And while I was on rehab, I proceeded to do the nonprofit thing. And that's how it became a Marino Valley Black Chamber Summit. Wow. What, man, that's a wonderful story. You know, um, you talked about people helping you then. You know, I'm very interested in trying to, you know, give your information out for those who hear your story. I want to help you now. Can you share, Linda, how could people contact you now if they would like to, one, connect with you and, and possibly work with you? 
Yes, uh, my uh, contact information first is my office line 951-366-0692. And that is Rights Community and Business Development Corporation office line. And for my email was the acronyms of my business, WCBDC. Right. So my email address is W as in right, mm -hmm. C is in cat, B is in boy, D is in dog, C is in cat again, 0219 at gmail.com. Well, that's very important that we get this information down. And I'm going to have you even say that one more time and use like you did before. The W is in right, the C is in cat, the B is in boy, the D is in dog, the C is in cat. 0219, right? Okay, yes. <laughs> well, I want to make sure we do it. Let's do this, Linda, because I know you got a fabulous story that you told me before about your encounter and that accident and what angels had done to you. And I want our listeners to hear that. My guest today is a good friend of mine, Miss Linda Wright. She's the founder of the Marino Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, but she's also the president and CEO of Wright. Community and Business Development Corporation, and that's her own company. Man, and she's got a wonderful story. I just want everyone to hear because when I first heard it, I was just so encouraged and inspired, and I just wanted all our listeners to hear this story too. Linda, would you take a moment and share this story that actually started off as, a, as an accident? Set it all up for us, but share your story on how angels actually helped you. Okay. On November uh, the 6th, 2000, and in the year 2000, I was working as a senior graphic artist in the Yellow Pages in Tustin, California, which is in Orange County, California. And because I was a senior graphic designer, I had great responsibility, but I worked on overtime every day. That day was on a Wednesday um, that I remember. And I decided enough is enough. I'm taking off the victory <laughs> and I'm going to take my son, pick my 11 year old son up and we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to go to Bible class. We're going to go to church to Bible class. And that was my goal. And that was my, my plan and my goal. And on, you know, traffic is always heavy on your freeways that you, you, you travel on back and forth. So my regular routine every morning was getting up at 3.30 in the morning taken off about uh, low later than 4.45. And as I go, because um, I was alone, I would always sing gospel hymns and, you know, praise songs. That's what kept me company. So Jesus is always in, mm -hmm. uh, the angels is always in the car with me, whoever, you know, at that particular time in the spirit. So on the way home, I did the same thing. So I traveled so many, many freeways, but the main freeway, as I said earlier, how you get to um, Marino Valley. I did, and if you're coming from another direction, you have to catch the 91 freeway, and the 91 freeway takes you to the 215 to the 60 to get to Marino Valley. Uh, my last freeway to, to, to get from Orange County was 91 freeway to get into Marino Valley. So long story short, I was traveling, and once I entered into the uh, actual exit of Tyler Mall, I heard, I was singing, I heard a voice on my left 
ear said, look through your rear view mirror on the left, which I did, mm -hmm. and you're about to be hit. And mm -hmm. when I looked, there was a big rig truck coming at me. And when I got over in the SS road, it's almost on the curve as much mm -hmm. as possible to get out of his way. But mm -hmm. he actually caught me on the left side of my light because mm. I didn't get, get over as far as enough because he was headed towards me. And mm -hmm. so when I got there, because he hit me on the back left of the end of the light, he flipped me over mm. in front of him. And I was in the last lane or the slow lane. I don't mm -hmm. know what the last lane. And then mm -hmm. he, flipped, he, he flipped me in this to the next lane over the second lane. And mm. when I looked up, I saw all these railroad rails changed to his, uh, looked up and saw it changed to his uh, rig. And I like, oh my God, I hope they don't fall off. Mm -hmm. And so when he hit me in front, I thought, well, maybe he's gonna go over it. Not one time, you hear what I'm saying? Not mm. one time did I get nervous, scared or anything. I'm judging mm. every time he hit me. And once the story progressed, you're gonna hear that I got hit four times. Mm. So I thought the first hit, he will leave me alone but he knocked me in front. And so I guess because I was partially in the slow lane and partially in the second lane, he had no choice. So he hit me on the back door. And so that back door caused me to flip around. I always heard the kids talk about a willy. I spin around like a top in a willy. And then I went up mm -hmm. in there mm -hmm. and spin over to the left lane. I mean, to the third lane. And so when I was in the third leg, you would think that he would go to the right and get out of the way, right? Uh -huh. no, he came and hit me again. Oh, my goodness. And I realized then I had a contract off of my life, okay? Because mm. anytime you're in a wreck, half the time you get hit one time. But if somebody is going hitting you on the right side, usually by that time they stay out the way. They don't want to hit you no more. But he came again, and this time, let you know how I said I had a contract. He hit me on the back uh, left light, then the back door. This time, it was in the split of the back door and the front door, and he hit me so hard, he knocked me into the fourth lane in the carpool lane, headed back. He hit me from Tyler mm. to Van Buren, if anybody know the 91. Wow. He hit me for a mile. And he hit me back going towards Tyler Mall, and my car was headed back that way. Mm. And I thought it was over with. But listen, I'm still alive. Mm. And I'm still saying, what is going on, God? I'm, I'm at, like, what's going on? And then here I hear, I heard elephant. Mm. Mm. I was on his brakes, coming at me again. That's the fourth hit. Mm. So that time, I said, okay, he done hit me on the back door. Miller door, he's headed towards the front door. And I said right then and there, I put my leg over my my shift gear and got his right leg and got as far over as possible. And I said, Lord, and leaned over. And I looked mm -hmm. at him coming. His eyes were big. He was coming at me real fast. And I said, Lord, do not let anybody else get hurt or killed. And mm -hmm. I pray that I be worthy to be received by you in your kingdom. And mm -hmm. then I heard the hit and I saw darkness. Mm. And as I saw darkness, pretty soon I saw light at the end of the tunnel. 
But then I looked down at my body, it was transparent, and I saw my heart, it was mm. red and glowing, and everything in my body, my organs, they were glowing, and I was just bobbing like a balloon down this tunnel. And as mm. I was getting closer to come out the tunnel, I saw this man, I saw my parents and my grandparents and all my grandfather and every all four uncles and things in passing me in the tunnel i just saw their faces they were smiling weapon me but when mm -hmm. i almost got out i saw this person dressed in all white he was very tall but the let light his head was like a globe of light and when he spoke you can see his face you see where his mouth was supposed to be it mm -hmm. moved he said linda we're not ready for you yet you still have work for you uh, i still have work for you to do we want you to go back mm -hmm. and i arguing with him because I, it felt so good and I saw my parents and before I could say something I was back in my body and I said <laughs> wow back in my body and when I looked around to say what happened and then I looked up the truck was glued to me in my in the drop on the right uh, a driver's door caved mm -hmm. in on me and I looked at him and then I had to take my leg. I couldn't take my leg up front, uh, off the, from the shift gear so it was caving in. So I had to stay away and lean over and I looked up at him. He was on the phone and he said, his eyes was like a sucker. And I say, who are you trying to call? And immediately, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't tell mm -hmm. you this. I thought mm -hmm. Ghostbusters. It was mm -hmm. so funny. I wasn't scared. And he said, 911, because you died. You mm -hmm. died. I'm like, what? I say, and I looked and saw my phone on the on my chair, my seat that never fell, and it's mm -hmm. one. It's because it's two thousand. Those phones are big and never fell. I said, I'll call nine one one, and I realized I was trying to call nine one one for me who was supposed to have been dead. Mm -hmm. And then before I could do that, here come this Mexican guy, fused his body between the two cars and stuck his head through the through the uh, the glass and looked down at me and scanned my body and told me. I said, he said, you all right? I said, he said, you sore or hurt? I said, I don't know. He said, but you bleeding inside, but I'm gonna tell you what's wrong with your body. And when you go to the emergency, tell them this is what's wrong with your body. I said, but we got to call 911. I kept saying 911. And I, he looked up the guy, he turned around, spin his head around without turning his body around, looked at the guy, said, I'll call 911. And he looked back at me, I've already called the ambulances on the way. So the guy eyes were still out his head because he was looking at this guy, head spin around and I didn't realize that until I got over to the side where they had me on the gurney. And so I said all that to say, that's the uh, angel I realized uh, that I saw, but when we was on the side, they did a, a so what do you call it, a sobriety test on the guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sobriety test. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. for, for drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. As he mm -hmm. kept beating the back of his truck on the railroad strike, say, she died, she died, I saw her die. And she wow. came back. And this hideous big angel, when she leaned over and said what she said, I was reading her lips, let be worthy received. She said, this hideous angel came out of her side. No, I didn't see those angels. I just saw the Mexican guy. Wow. She came out of her side that was hideous. And got in, when she leaned over and opened the door to push his foot down to keep me from pushing over the cliff. And then he, he kind of directed the other angels to hold back the cars on the 91 freeway at 5 36 o'clock in the in the evening and wow. i kept wondering why nobody else got hurt or killed i guess god heard my prayer because he could, he had angels with him and he had them to push the cars back man linda man we're gonna have to hold it right there i'm gonna have to invite you back because okay. i want to i want to hear that because that is such divine story 
and interaction. And, and, and when we talk about connections, that was your connection. So let me wrap this up, Linda. I'm, I'm so thankful that you came on today. This is Miss Linda Wright. She's the founder of the Moreno Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. And she's also the president and CEO of Wright's Community and Business Development Corporation. And you can hear this show again via podcast from our local Black Chamber, the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. You can go to blackchamber.com, click on radio show, then podcast. So until we meet again, remember, whether it's education, health, even politics and sports, it's all about business. Stay safe and stay connected. You're listening to California Business Connections. You've been listening to California Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the California African American Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, calaacc.net. That's calaacc.net. Or call 510-505-8818. 510-505-8818. Copies of our podcast are available online at calaacc.net. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at calaacc.net. That's info at calaacc.net. Keeping you connected. California Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.